Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. Actually, interesting. Um, you know, we've, I feel like people have asked about my dog because we've talked about it recently mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. here. And I thought it just, it's, int- uh, what was fascinating about this is this morning, actually, before we got our podcast, um, Prince, without a collar or anything, likes to hang out outside. And he's now, I think you may have mentioned that your dogs do this. And you mm-hmm. don't even know what I'm going to say that. But like, he now can open the door mm. inside and outside. <laughs> like, because of the, the, the handle. handle. Mm-hmm. And he just, op- he just hits, he's heavy enough that he just puts his hand on there. So like today he was outside and he, walking in there and our, our um, house cleaner shows up there and calls Sarah. And she's like, hey, your front door is wide open. And she's like, uh, okay, is a dog in there? She's like, yeah, the dog just came and greet me, greeted me. And, and, you know, we only, it was only like a half an hour, but clearly like he was outside just hanging out. And then all of a sudden he just opened the door to go inside. Oh my God. You're gonna have to lock that door or something. I don't know. I, I think it's just more of like, just, I think we're gonna get a dog door. Oh, uh, yeah. And so he can go freely in and out. Like he's, he, that's where he likes, you know, you know how those dogs are. They like to kind of be in and out. Yeah. Make their are. own, make their own rules. Don't you? <laughs> it's like if you're smart enough to do it, like yeah, yeah, my dogs like to do that, to that too. Area, especially yeah. if they get, especially if he stays there. And we've introduced him to all like the UPS and FedEx drivers, and so now I'll, like bring him a treat, and they're all like, he, he once he knows you, like it's great, he's like fine, he's, yeah. he's fine um, for what it is. But he's quite intimidating when you first walk up there because he is a I mean, German big German Shepherd. shepherd. Yeah, he's got a big, big head from there. But it's kind of interesting. So we are wrapping up today. The Hallie, what are we wrapping the, up? The seven principal truths of life. We're yes. on number seven. Which is, we're all going going to die. Yes, which is your um, favorite one of your favorite topics. Yes, it is to discuss death. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, you know, people in Project U or people that know me around me or whatever, I'm giving a like a live talk. They're always wondering like, how fast am I going to say like you're going to die? And then like it's funny because people have any type of reference, they see a shirt in a store, people send it to me. That's like, oh, you're going to die, or whatever it is. It's kind of like a joke, but. People time you now. People time me, exactly yeah, how what long it it's going to take. I think the last one was like under, it was definitely under five minutes. It might have been under a minute the last time. Hey, you know, the funny thing is about it is it's not that, I heard Sam Harris do this really interesting podcast about death because he pulled all his audience, which I think, I don't remember the thousands of people that are following Sam, but he pulled his audience about asking like, how often do you think about death? Not in a morbid necessarily way of what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't remember the exact numbers, but the the generalities will speak to the conversation, which was like the majority of his audience didn't think about death like he did. And he talks about how he thought about death. Like literally I, I could be wrong, but somewhere around the range of like 20 times a day and not in a morbid thought, but in a way of like, Hey, we're going to die as a reference of being in here, uh, which resonated with me. And the reason why I remember that podcast because it's something similar to me. Like I, I actually think about death probably more than that. Um, and not in a way of like, oh my God, I'm going to die in like a fearful way. Not in like, oh my God, I go get a bucket list way. Not like, oh my God, I'm not going to accomplish this type way. Purely as a way of like, I firmly, you know, believe we're here to evolve. Like your soul's here to evolve, which is why you're put into the moment. The moment hits you, the moment exposes what you need to work on and you do that. Also as a reference point of like, you're, you're just, it, it's just a natural part of life. And so you just make peace with this process. But in the principles of life, and then the seventh one we want to talk about in Save for Death, um, there's two ways to look at this. Of course, there is this physical death. 
And Caitlin, you mentioned earlier, Adi Shanti talks about this in the end of his world, the very end, talks about how there is a, a sense that you lose your physical body and there's a loss to that identity of that physical body, which is true. Like, so when a physical body dies, you do lose that, that, um, that psyche, you lose the, the body, you lose that personality that was there, you lose that comfort that was there. There is the, the essence of that physical part is gone and there's a loss for that you i think also you feel the true vibrations of your heart i think the way you love somebody or the way you can share love especially with those closest to you um when you feel that loss is is a sign of love because there's people that are dying you know every second of every day and you don't feel that so the people that are closest to you you do have this this deep experience that occurs inwardly that you feel in your heart which is a wonderful sign of love because it just showed how much you're able to care for something or someone. Again, it could be a pet. It could be an, a human, whatever it is, that something is gone. It could be a tree, right? That, that goes, but you feel for it. And that's a sign of love when you're doing that. So there is that loss of the human form and all that you are in your human form, right? The roles that you play, the identities that you play, the responsibilities that you have, all of those things are all part of, um, of having this human experience. However, what, doesn't die in that realm is you right when you when you think about um like yesterday were you there like michael singer has been doing this interesting thing where he's been trying to bring his audience back to just like if yesterday just not forget about going back to when you were 10 years old and like did you look in the mirror like were you there yesterday were you there yesterday hallie right mm-hmm. like yes. you were right like you were there were you there last week right and you instantly go well, of course i was there yesterday and I remember the events of yesterday, but I was there witnessing those events. So it's just, it's an easier way of kind of thinking that just like you were there this morning when you woke up and did whatever you're doing before you're listening to this podcast, right? There is a, there's a reference point of like you being there, being the witness, being the experiencer of everything that's happening. That part of you, when you get further separated from your ego, or your psyche, or, or any point in time, you can just recognize that that has no age, that has no gender, that has no pain right it has there's none of that that has the human experience there so there is this that's why the 200 percent life is so uh, important because it's getting you to also look at this whole 100 percent inner part of you this whole inner experience that you're having but again remember the key thing that is that there's somebody there witnessing your inner experience and outer experience that is you which to me never dies right to me and, and again it's sure people have asked like well how do you know and Okay, from like a like a conceptual mind stand, we don't really know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm, it's right. either here's the way you kind of think about this: either you, when you're about to die or you are dying, it's a it's a this lifetime experience that you're having. So either it turns off and you have you just don't know that you don't know, therefore it's not a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you just won't know, like you just won't be there. So it won't be like, oh man, I'm not there, right? You just won't be there. So it won't it just won't be there. And then, or you, you, then the other side of this is you get to experience what it's like to not be tied once again to the form of the physicalities of life, right? The humanness of life, which is where, you know, I think in the Bible, they've referenced this a lot, which is to be in this world, but not of it, right? To be exploring in this world, but I, the real sense of you is not of this world. You're beyond this world, but you've taken a temporary kind of 
almost um, restraint of your ability, right, to be in a physical world. Just like if you took water and you put it into a, you know, an ice tray and you put it in there, it would take a different form until it no longer took that form of ice and you brought it out and you put it in a stream, it would then merge and then have its own path going down there. It's, did it ever really die, right? The ice stayed the same, but it was in a different form. The same thing here, like you're in a, you're in a form. You know, what's really fascinating. We've been, um, I was taking a bike ride last weekend and the, uh, the fall aroma in Stowe right now or in Vermont right now is very palatable. So like, and I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but, um, the, the smell that comes off from fall is actually the decay of flowers. I'm sorry, the decay of leaves. So it it creates this beautiful aroma, but it really is death. Yeah. Right. So it's like death of leaves that are falling creates this smell, which people like fall in love with. So again, death can be beautiful in that way. Just like, just like the leaf falls, comes in, is then, you know, merges with the soil at some point, then comes back and it's, it all kind of translates to what it mm-hmm. is. The same thing for you. So they just, I think the, the reason why, so let's just, let's just keep on that path though. So there's the physical loss of right, what it is of like, you do lose your personality. You do lose the form. You do lose that person that's there. That is, that is gone. And you will feel a loss for that, especially if you care for that person. Mm-hmm. However, the, the true essence of who that who they really were that made up that that was experiencing the personality just like it to me like it's like almost as if like you know you put a different outfit on like and the outfit is is then gone it doesn't mean like the person's gone just they change their outfit and it's almost the same way the outfit had its own personality had its own nature had its own vibrate vibration it had its own theme had its own reason for being worn right like you wear sweatpants at night because they feel comfortable then you wear running shoes and shorts because it's fun to run and then you put on a business suit whatever it is those kind of change um with the season yeah so do you um i mean to me that sounds like reincarnation so do you is that what you believe and and then my other second question to that is can you ever find that soul like so somebody I, i they die in their physical form and i'm you know i mourn that loss but I also believe that it gets transformed, that soul or whatever gets transformed into some other form. Are you ever, ever able to like find that soul again? I think the um, the power has to lie in that question with your in- individual experience inwardly. Um, I think the the more that you separate from yourself, the more you experience who you really are. And the more you experience really who you are, the more clarity you have around what that answer is. Um, Otherwise, it's just literally like somebody buying into a thought uh, or a belief that somebody else has. I think you really have to experience that. I know it's not the answer that you wanted, but it's like me just saying an answer is just is. I'm just curious what your what your beliefs are, your thoughts are. I um I don't want to say it's a belief because I I think inwardly like I I know that I'm not my body. Mm-hmm. like it's that's why this comes into like but you have to really understand that and i also know that i'm not my thought i'm also know that i'm not emotions i also know that i'm having this temporary experience and it's i don't it's not really a belief to me that's why that belief word kind of is there it's more about like a knowing it just what is it, what it, it is, is. Yeah. so like to me that knowing is that there is no death as we see it right there is the death of the physical form mm-hmm. there is the death of the personality that's derived while you're here there is the death of the ego there is the death of the psyche which we'll get into but to me the 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 reality of who you really are there is no death of it now what happens to that afterwards i don't really know right like i'm not going to mm-hmm. put a belief on there i just know what we see as death 
is not death. It's not, it's not, it's not like you don't, the, 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 the person, the soul that gives life to a body that allows it to come through there, that consciousness is never ceases to end. It's, you know, it's interesting, you know, they, they, there's a scientist that came out recently over the last couple of months that said, um, the earth is now 27.4 billion years old from the previous 13.8 or something along those lines. And at some point, like they're just going to recognize actually the, the earth, I know the earth, the galaxies, yeah, the, universe, the yeah. cosmos, there is no starting point. Yeah. When they look for these, keep finding things that are more, you know, they, they keep building telescopes, you know, like the Hubble telescopes took 10 years and like a, what, $10 billion approximately to build okay. to be able to get that out there or 20 years. It started in 2000, I think, if I believe that correctly. Um, and they got it out there and they can, they can see further now. They see, well, now it's actually, you know, it's 27 billion years old. Yeah, like there will, there's no there's, beginning. And then at no one end. point they're yeah. going to wake up and realize we can see all the way far back as we can and there is no beginning, beginning point. Yeah. So to, again, that's that point of like when you, when, you, when you get further back, you see the same way that scientists see that the earth has no beginning. You see that you have no beginning and no end. And so when, you, when I answer that question, I'm trying to answer it with the frame of reference of does that knowing of there is no beginning and there is no end. And when you re- realize that, there is no death in the way that we're describing it. Mm-hmm. Death is the loss of the physical form that you've taken. Mm-hmm. Just like you would shed a skin from a snake, the skin doesn't mean that it's died. It just shed a different layer of it. And, and the more inner work that you do, the more that you, that just becomes a knowing from what it is. The, um, on the other side, though, there is um, a, a, you know, there's a lot of references in spirituality, in the Bible, in... Um, just ancient scriptures, philosophies. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Of this, I die daily. I mean, St. Paul said, I die daily. There's, you know, I think in in Christ said, you have to lose yourself to gain yourself. I think this is what his words were approximately and how he's now looking it up um, to make sure that we're there. But it's it's really, to me, that just metaphor is like, you have to die to be reborn. Um, I don't know if that was actually said in the Bible, but there's a lot of reference to that, that phrase. It's an easier way of doing it. That level of death or the principles of, when you say this, the seventh principle of life here, if you will, the truths of life, there's the physical death, but then there's this death of the ego in order to experience yourself fully. And again, I I think part of that and why that happens, it's a natural part. Everyone develop it. They talk about it as the fall from the garden, if you will. Again, to me, that fall from the garden is interpreted as like I was, you know, whether it's Adam or Eve, whoever you want to see that as at some point there was people that did not have an ego or a self-concept and they were fully, you want to use the word enlightened or whatever it was. And then they developed an ego, which was the fall from the garden, which then now they have something to protect inside inwardly. So anyways, this, yeah, what do you got? Well, I, w- I was just going to, can, cause you're talking about this. So I, I think this is great. So it said that on St. Paul's monastery on Mount Athos, Athos, um, which was a home of prayer and devotion for God for centuries. This is what, we talk about all these inscriptions, like ancient inscriptions, and this is one that was over the door of the monastery. If you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So is that the, if you, if the ego dies before your physical body dies, then it's like, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but then you're, you're just going to live on as consciousness. Yeah. So I think it actually goes back to the first thing that I just said there before, which was, when you are willing to get further enough back, which just means you're willing to let go of the ego more, mm-hmm. the more you let go of your ego, the more you realize that there was no beginning and there was no end. 
and that's almost what they're saying in that scripture. They're just saying it is like the precursor for why people are not further back in their inner experience is because they've developed and put all their attention on their ego or their psyche, which is blocking them from seeing the fact that there is no beginning and there is no end. So if you're willing to go through the process, the metamorphosis, if you will, of to die daily to make sure that you really understand that you never die. And it's not that the body doesn't die. It's that you who's in there doesn't die. That's the difference. And that's what, like, again, the scriptures, spiritual teachers, the Bible, all of these different, you know, in, in, any, in many different religions, by the way, say the same thing to a certain extent, right? They're just saying it differently, which is that if you're willing to get rid of your ego and once that gets out of the way, you recognize the truth of who you are, that truth then exposes you to the clarity that there is no beginning and there is no end, therefore you don't die. Okay, Devin just sent a really fascinating question. I'm going to ask you. It goes back a little bit to the soul conversation we were having. Yeah. And she's just said, is there such a thing as new souls? The human population always seems to be growing. So though we may reincarnate as old souls, how are new souls formed? I answer that question. Um, I read a, a text one time that said um, all souls, like, I don't know if it answers directly, but like the souls that you keep seeing as population increases is because more, the earth is becoming a place that is more friendly for souls to evolve. And so therefore you're having a lot more people come to earth to evolve and to work on themselves because it's a more friendlier place for them to have that, that work done. So if you want to just back up for a second, if there is the, this level of consciousness and there's all these different realms that you can explore and yet earth is one of those, right? These, all these different realms that, that you can explore it's almost like as if you get to choose to come to earth or you're coming to earth to evolve. It's like this, this, these past couple hundred or thousand centuries that we were, were pretty brutal, right? I mean, if you understand, like from yeah. a contextual standpoint, like there wasn't much, like if you tried to go heal yourself a couple hundred years ago, you like, you were hung, like literally like, or like you're, you're a witch, right? If you look back at some of those witch stories, they're really, I mean, some of them, sure. Like I'm not saying they weren't all sane, but like, a lot of them were just spiritual teachers. That's mm-hmm. really, and, oh, they were, yeah. and they were trying to do that. And or trying even, to, even like just medical healers. That's what I mean, medical yeah. healers, spiritual teachers, sure, and yeah. people couldn't people couldn't physically understand how that was possible, yeah. and they didn't like it, and they almost like shut it all out. And that's why I mean it was a very dark era for that yeah. world, and they were hung, they were killed for trying to basically- Drowned. Dr- whatever it was, like it was terrible. So like people woke up and they said- well, I'm really going to go down there right now, right? Like, it's pretty violent. Like, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to try to work on myself and I'm going to get, I'm just, it's going to be brutal. Like, it's almost like you have that insight before you go down there. To me, what's happening is, and this is not necessarily my opinion, this is just, I think Romney Maharshi shared, shared this uh, and a few others uh, of the similar context, which is as life on earth becomes easier to evolve, which means that we stop killing ourselves for thinking that there's spirituality or this inner experience, which is happening right now, right? There's meditation. You know, you see athletes and movie stars saying the real wealth is inner wealth. Like again, so it's, we're, we're having that in the Eastern society has been doing that for a while. Like you're seeing that come into fruition here. And so what you're seeing is more people come down here, which is why it's populating more. Um, I just wanted to expand a little bit on her question. So, um, if we, let me, let me, let me, yeah. so if, if, if consciousness is infinite, then there is an infinite number of people that could essentially be here. Yeah. I'm just thinking like the old, old souls may be, may go in old souls, maybe go into other people or like, 
let me let me see, let me say it like this way from, from that thing is is like sometimes in the ocean there's a few waves mm-hmm. and sometimes there's a lot more waves yes. it doesn't mean there's ever a limited number of waves and i think it's the same way with souls sometimes there's more souls and sometimes there's less souls it doesn't mean there's a refined number of new souls it's just more when they refer to new souls or in the books that refer to that i think it's that the more it might be newer to earth or this realm or whatever it is that come here and choose to come here but there's never like a not a number of i mean maybe there could be you know billions of just people like there's no here. beginning or end of the universe there's exactly no beginning right. and end to all of the souls that are ever going to be in the entire yeah. time yeah. are just already there Somewhere, yeah, just like the universe is already there. Yeah, I mean, somewhere. if you if you read like you know like the journey of the soul, which I think is sold like you know 10, 15 million copies or whatever it is, and like you get into that, like they talk about like again, I'm not. This is just I'm just sharing from the book's perspective of what was there. But there was like you know when he would sit there, people they were at different universes, they were different galaxies, and they finally came down to Earth, and Earth was a place that's harder, and you evolve here. We actually had people in Project U right sharing experiences they've had past lives that they know were true that were. They were a different form. They were in different eras. Again, is there direct proof that you like to see or people like, not necessarily you, the general mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. like to see that? No, right? But like it, the deeper you get in these ex- exploring of the inner world, that's when people say things and people go like, wow, that person's wild, right? Because you start to experience it just like you taste an orange and you go, and this tastes good. Just nobody else can have the same experience because it's not necessarily the same thing, which is why it makes the inner world such difficult to explain why people need to hear it over and over and over and over again constantly because it's not a this physical thing that we're so addicted to. At some point when we stop becoming so addicted to the physical or the doing side of things and you fall back more into the being side of things, I think it'll be more of a natural process. Or at some point, can they measure consciousness in a human? Can they, you know, I, they probably will. Like they couldn't, you know, 200 years ago, if you said somebody that like they could take your brain out and replace it, or, or even find an x-ray of what it is or, you know, a liquid biopsy. Have, of I was going like to say, a, even have a computer in your pocket. Well, <laughs> point, or that you could talk to somebody on a phone yeah. that's in China China yeah. in seconds, right? Like yeah. milliseconds or like send a video over a computer, right? So at some point, yes, they probably will be able to measure this and they'll look back at this and go, well, of course there was consciousness, but they just c- couldn't see it the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we couldn't see x-rays at some point. You, then x-rays came and now you can see, again, like you can... My brother-in-law is an interviewer cardiologist. You can take a two-second image of their heart and you can tell which arteries are clogged, right? Like it's just in your whole body. So again, we'll, we'll, as we become more refined, it'll, it'll do that. So when you think about, um, again, that, that the principle life of, of the seventh principle truth of life, you have this physical loss that definitely happens and you should mourn. You should feel that. You should feel the heart. It is sad. It is, it is a loss. There's no question about that. But again, the, the true essence of who they were has no beginning and no end. Just like, and if you really want to explore that, that realm of it, you bring it over here and go, was I here yesterday? And just sit there with it. You don't have to answer that and you go, oh, of course I was here yesterday. I was in there experiencing that. That's what doesn't die. That's what there was no beginning to and that's what there is consciousness. Then there's the other element which you're getting into and we're talking to now. I'm just kind of paraphrasing these three different buckets, if you will. And that third one is how do you do the work to let go of your ego so you fall back into this place, into a natural place? Or how do you you know, you, you know, that word enlightenment is thrown around a lot right now, but it's really reserved for people who have taken their entire self-concepts or egos and are so far detached from it that they're in a permanent state of consciousness. Um, that's, that's really who they are. So that is the I die daily. That is to die to be reborn. That is what, what, what the reference to those points are 
or to even know thyself, which is inscribed on many pyramids or like, again, above the temple there. Mm-hmm. All of these ancient scriptures were just breadcrumbs to sit here and go, do the inner work, right? So that you can ex- find out who you really are and who does die. Actually, do you remember, Caitlin, when Adi Shanti tells that story about um, how that woman came to him and, he, and she was about to die and it was early on in his teachings and um, he said that the, the, it was like a friend of a friend and she came to him and like she was so scared. And she goes, um, you know, she has she had some sort of terminal illness that was rapidly approaching to it. And she said she met with him and he met with her. And again, this was early on in his teachings. And he uh, he she, the only question she said is, she goes, I want to know who dies. And he sat with her for a little while and did this. And he I don't know what he didn't get into what he said or what he did. He said he saw her a week later, like two days before she passed, and he saw her, and he said he looked at her once and saw very clear that she figured out who dies because she was in a permanent state of peace. And so, again, that's that, and it was it was in that element where she had dropped every form of doing because she couldn't do it anymore, that it was able for her to, in that week to do that work that allowed her to essentially, I don't know lightens the word, but to remove the ego that blocked her to be able to see the truth of life, which is, who you really are. And then she, again, she accepted the fact that she's like, oh, of course my body's going to die. Right. Which we all should She do. would live on in another. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Like, it's just, wherever we're going to go to this next realm, like we're going, yeah. right. It's just, it's just <laughs> look, we're all going to get there. So I mean, in a very die. short period of time, yeah. relatively speaking in a very, I mean, it could be, who knows? I mean, I mean, every, I mean, how many people just died in a flood, right. Or, you know, and like a, it's like thousands of people. Like you just don't know. Like tomorrow, boom. Sometimes I even think about this as like, I'm like, did I already die from that previous life and I'm just another one? Like I know I've had, you know, I've, we've past done a lot of past life yeah. regressions and stuff. I mean, like even in this one, I'm like, did I already die? And I'm just like here again, right? Like it's like, it's almost like you're like, it's reliving it really quickly um, just because of the speed of consciousness. And so when, every time I ever get that thought, by the way, the only thing that I ever do is go is like, well, the only thing that I know for true is this moment. And so how do I find deeper presence in this moment right here? Like this morning I was biking and it was, it was right before the rain and I was on, on a mountain and it's dark because it's dark at 6 a.m. now. And it's, it's, I'm following this path and it was so dead quiet. And I didn't bring headphones, which I normally listen to something because my buddy was supposed to come with me and he broke his derailleur, which is a part of a bike, like three minutes into a ride. So he turned around. And so I had the next hour by myself and it was just this deep, there was no wind. Mm. There's nobody else out there because, you know, it was pitch black. So like nobody else is biking in a mountain. But like it was, it was so, I actually wrote on, um, on there, I was like on my Strava post, I was like, it was dead silent. It was like this silence that was so over there. And anytime my mind tried to escape about, oh, what's going to happen today? Or I just went back to like the deeper, I'm like, oh, you can feel everything here. Again, that's the whole point of just living and in, in putting yourself fully into the moment, which to me is what the whole point of thinking about death does. The I whole agree, point yeah. of death is so that you go, sure, it's going to come. I get it. And I have no idea. What I do know is I can live this moment the highest that I can. I can feel the, the, depth, the depth of this moment right now. There's nothing preventing me from doing that. I can lean in and serve the moment. Again, that's why if you want to use a mission statement, if you will, is to serve the moment so the moment is better off for having passed by you which means being super present with the moment. Why, I think we may have talked about this before, but why do people fear death so, like death of the physical body yeah. so much? Well, I think people fear death is because, um, we actually were chatting about this on our Project You Call, I think people fear death so much because the people are still trying to find a special experience from life. 
there are no special experiences. And like, I don't want my life. time to run out until I have well, this then they go, amazing moment. Well, that's why if somebody said yeah. you have you have six months to live, they go, I can't. I need to go live my life. What do you mean? What happened to the last 40 years of your Aren't life? Aren't you already living? Yeah. Aren't you already living? And that's the point. And that's when people go, well, no. I, and then what do, you, what do you say to that? Well, of course I live, but there's something else I got to live for. Well, at some point it's going to end. So when does that end? So remember, people, that's, you can just see that because people are still so stuck in the future coming as a better moment in the current moment that's there, in, yeah. and which is a sign that I'm still evolved in the mind or the ego. Because all that does is you're saying, I'm still living in the future instead of living in the present. Right, or fear that they're not going to get some, get their, their time's going to run out before they have achieved, like not achieved, but until they've gotten something that's going to make the moment better. Yeah, the, the reality is there's never a moment that you haven't already experienced. People don't like it when I say that, but there's never... Uh, explain that a little bit more. Well, if you truly experience a moment, the experience is the same no matter what moment you're having. But the ex- different The emotions. physical experience can be different. I'm not denying that. The okay. physical experience of being in a mountain or a city or a lake are different. That's wild. And you should have variations of those. Never denying that. The, the, the difference of having your child when they're one years old versus when they're 10 years old is a different experience. But the love is the same. It's the same experience. It's the same internal. What you're or looking for is hold on, the same. What, you, what you're looking for is you're looking for the moment outside to create a better inward experience. But if you're already whole and complete inwardly, the outside moment no longer has the influence of changing your inner state. So therefore, when you're in your inner state of that place, it doesn't matter what happens. Sure, it's wonderful. You have different variations of things. There's different seasons of your life. The kids are in different stages. But your inner state is still the same. So your still inner state is still filled with joy and total well-being or, and, and joy for life. Therefore, that's why a yogi is never afraid to die because they've lived each moment fully or they're living at least this moment fully. Mm-hmm. And so when it, takes it, when, it's t- when it takes time away from you, you don't miss anything. Because you're already there. Sure. If you, it's member, it's only when you use your mind to think about the future, about what you're going to miss or lose, is that death becomes scary, which again is living in the future state. Because you go, oh, I'm not really afraid of dying because I hear this one a lot. I'm not really afraid of dying, but I'm going to miss seeing my kids, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know what they're going to do in their life. Sure. I, I understand what they're saying and I, and that's wonderful. I get that. And there's an element to that. But once you're truly in the inner state of that and you've come to peace with that, yes, it's not like you will look for death, but it doesn't matter when it comes because you're in the moment. So therefore, you're not projecting a future thought about how it's going to be better when your kids are out of high school or when you watch them graduate or get married. That moment of of a wedding, sure, it's a fun experience, but it doesn't change who you are or who they are. That's the whole point of that is like we're still so caught up in this world of trying to put so much emphasis in the doing world that we're still missing the being part. And that's why people fear death so much. What they're fearing is some future state that they could be missing that could then turn them on even higher. But if you already feel that inside, there is no future moment that can influence how you feel inside. So therefore, you don't go look for it, but you just naturally allow the process to unfold. And that's really the, that's where people get hung up on this stuff. So, so again, so then where do you go? Where do you, where do you do? What do you work? It's not like you think about, you don't need to think about death every day though. I think it's an important reminder. There was, there's also some, um, you know, uh, I don't remember if it was religion or some, um, ancient society that practices. They, 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 they taught all their disciples that there's a sword suspended in a web 
of yeah, I think it's a Buddhist. Isn't a Buddhist like, like or whoever it was? Maybe the, Caitlin, you remember the sword above the the sword above your head, as if like it's caught in a spider web, and the spider web could give way at any time. And they taught they teach people that to think about that and meditate on that on a daily basis until it becomes permanent in your in your being, because you just walk around realizing at any point in time that sword can drop. Yeah, and so therefore you're no longer afraid of when it can drop because you know it can drop, and you make total peace with that. And again, to me, but you also. Um, stay very present because of it too. Exactly. Right. So to yeah. me, all all of it is, all the teachings around death, they're all pointing back to the same teachings we talk about for everything. They're trying to get you, all of these teachings is a way and a training mechanism to get you to get rid of your ego and fall back into who you are and know thyself. And once you do that, there isn't even a question. It's just there. It's just death is another way of doing that. Just like business is another way of doing that. I was going to say, and then death just becomes another... <laughs> that's all I can think of is like it just becomes part of like the natural circle of life and it's just a it's not like there's something to fear or something to worry about but it's just part of the natural state of being well it is just like it's yeah. natural to work on yourself and again it's all of it is like there's nobody that's come here that's escaped out of here you know that's yeah. escaped death like it's just I don't care if you're Steve Jobs or the president or anybody else you're just it could take you at any point in time and by the way it doesn't discriminate <laughs> it does not discriminate to kids or parents. And again, that is a, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's moral. It's just the process. And we have no idea the reasoning behind why people have longer lives and why people don't. For all we know, it's like you could have planned all of this of being like, I'm going to come down here for six years. And I know that six years and it's going to feel really challenging when I, when you lose a child at that age, but you know, it's all designed for a purpose so that, you know, you learn the lesson that you're supposed to learn. Yeah. Right. Like just, we don't know that. I mean, it could not be, it could not, but like, we don't, we just have a preconceived notion of like, well, they should live to a certain age. Right. And again, I think all of that, again, all of that is mind generated. It's not wrong. It's not right. It's just, if you get out of that whole, the whole point of talking about this one as the last one is all of the teachings that we've talked about and all of the, the lessons that we've brought to is designed to really get you to do the inner work so you can be free of that. You can be free of emotions. You can be free of mind. It doesn't mean you don't use your mind. It doesn't mean you don't have emotions. You're just not attached to them. And at the end, you can also be free of death. So therefore, you can truly live. Again, a lot of the references to die, I die daily, which is like the more you die daily or you lose yourself to find yourself, all of these is the death of the ego. And all of this is designed to remove that ego or that self-concept so that you can truly live as present as possible. Then it is, I always throw this in there because it, I don't know, for some reason it always that comes up in my um it always comes up as a thought, if you will. I don't know if it's a thought or just something that shows up in, in my life. It's like, but it doesn't mean you don't have an ordinary life or it doesn't mean you don't go work. It doesn't mean you don't like, you know, we were just chatting about before. It doesn't mean you don't have things. It doesn't mean you don't go live life. That is the point is to go explore and live life. That could be that you live a very minimalist life. That could mean that you're, you know, you have a lot of things that you love to share and give like different things. It may mean that you are, a person that writes and you become really famous, maybe a person that writes and you, you know, you influence five people, right? It's just, it's, you just find yourself kind of doing these things. It doesn't mean you don't participate in life. And it doesn't mean it, you know, one of the things is when you get around spiritual people that we kind of, if you will, like not, I would say put up on a pedestal, but kind of really look up to because of what they've done. And they're so ordinary too. Like they're, you kind of almost get around them. And I think people that have even just back up and use it from a business context. And, and I know you and I've had this conversation many times over the years. Mm -hmm. When you see somebody running a business and from the outside, you read their press, you see them on the news, you see whatever it is, then you meet them and they're billionaires and all that stuff. And you hang out with them after, I mean, really good to hang out with them. You're going, yeah. 
person's totally normal. In fact, yeah. they're like nothing compared to what I thought they were. Right. And I think that same thing happens with people in spirituality. They go like, I mean, I, we always joke about that, but Eckhart Tolle goes to Starbucks every day. And they're like, why are you here? He's like, because I like coffee. Why? Do, how do you drink wine? He goes, I don't know. I enjoy wine, right? Like, again, like it doesn't mean, it, so your inner experience really doesn't have anything to do with a reflection of what you're doing with your outer life, right? It just right. doesn't. What your outer life is, it may look just like somebody else that's right next to you. So you're going, see, this person's not really spiritual. They're doing these things. Or they're firing somebody or they're hiring somebody or their business isn't doing the way that I thought they would if they had a, why are they even trying to make money, right? That's, that's mind. And, and again, this is good to just get rid of that because that's not the point. The point is that you're doing the deeper work and then just exploring these fun things that you're, while you're here, that you're doing and having fun doing them. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.